Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in today. You know, the message that you're about to hear, I pray not only just inspires you, but it encourages you to follow Jesus even more. In fact, I bet there are some people in your life right now who you're thinking of that you know would benefit from such a timely message. Man, share it with them. And if you're watching on YouTube right now, I encourage you, hit that subscribe button. Stay tapped into all that God is doing here at CF. And lastly, I wanna take this time right now to really thank those of you who support us. We wouldn't have any ministry outside of these four walls if it weren't for you, our friends, who come alongside us in prayer and support us financially. Listen, there are thousands who are benefited by this ministry because of your generosity. And we wanna simply say, thank you to continue or maybe to even start supporting our mission to help others and their families follow Jesus, you can very simply go to our website and visit cfmiami.org slash give. Church family, I hope you're blessed by this. Enjoy the sermon. Then what a beautiful song. Oh, night divine, it is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Come on, let him hear and praise our God today. Hey, well, welcome everyone. Merry, Merry Christmas. Listen, it is a joy to be able to worship our amazing God alongside of you. Uh, welcome everyone. My name is Omar and I have the high honor and privilege of serving as the lead pastor here at Christ Fellowship. And I want to especially welcome all those of you who are joining us for the first time, uh, maybe at one of our local campuses, maybe online. Listen, if God brought you here, it's for a reason. And we believe that God has something to say to you today. And so we hope that on this Christmas Eve, you are encouraged by the Word of God. Can we encourage them one more time as well and thank them for coming? And so today, we're actually wrapping up a short series that we've been looking at different Christmas carols with really profound theological significance. Today, we sang the song, O Holy Night, so we're going to be looking at the passage where that song is derived from. And so if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 1 and also Luke chapter 2. And wherever you find yourself, you can follow along with me as I read, all right? Listen to what God's Word says. And the angel said, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And she will bear a son, and you shall call his name, what church? Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. And notice, for he will what? Save. What is it? Save. Yeah, save his people. In other words, on that holy night, Jesus, the Son of God, came to this earth to save those in darkness. Amen? Amen. That is God's word. You can go into the everybody at all campuses. Church family, let me start off by sharing this with you. You know, as many of you know, man, my, God has blessed me with a beautiful little family. Uh, my wonderful wife, Ashley, and we have two children. We have a four-and-a-half-year-old, almost five-year-old daughter, Camila, uh, as well as a two-and-a-half-year-old little boy whose name is Mateo. And folks, Mateo is a rambunctious little boy. Oh, yeah. Listen, that little two-and-a-half-year-old boy causes more stress in my life than leading thousands and thousands of people. And so one of my big concerns in life 
is to be sure that Mateo doesn't wander off into a place where he should not go and gets into a dangerous situation. Now folks, with that in mind, traveled with me to a small town by the name of Sagarcia, Romania, back in the year 2013, where there was a little boy, exactly Mateo's age, almost looked exactly like him, where he was playing and eventually he wandered away from his parents and ventured into a place where he should not have been in in the first place. And folks, when he wandered into that place, at that moment, the unthinkable happened. And he fell into a dark, deep well. And folks, this was no ordinary well. In fact, this was one of these industrial wells, very, very narrow, about two to two and a half feet wide. I mean, very, very narrow and very, very deep, about 50 feet into the earth. And so as that little boy fell into that well, he found himself in a state of darkness and despair. And church, the moment that his parents realized that he had gone missing, they began to look for him, and they eventually realized that he had fallen into this well. And folks, at that moment, the entire town came out to try to help this family save this little boy. And folks, they were trying method after method after method, trying to figure out how can we save our little boy? How can we get him out of this dark pit? And folks, hours and hours and hours passed and, and every method they tried, it was to no avail. And so one hour passed and nothing. Two hours passed, nothing. Three hours passed, nothing. Five hours passed, they could not do it. Eight hours passed, they could not do it. 10 hours passed, and they just could not save this little boy. And so as they entered into that 11th hour, they understood the reality was setting in place to the people of that town, that maybe perhaps this boy was unsavable. He was just too far deep. He was just too far gone. He was unable to be saved. And so his parents were beginning to lose hope that their little boy would ever be saved. And folks, do not miss this. Because as that little boy sat there 50 feet in the earth in complete darkness, listen, feelings of despair and anxiousness began to seize his heart. And folks, he began to wonder probably, if there was anybody that could ever save him from this. As he looked up in that well, is there anybody that could come down and save him from this predicament? And folks, let me just bring that whole story over to our teaching for today, because family, what an example of the human, of every human being. And by that I mean that just like that little boy, right, sat there in darkness wondering, is there anybody that can save him just like that, from that, from that darkness, just like that. And here's the main idea for today. Apart from God, every human soul, whether they realize it or not, they are in a state of darkness. But folks, I'm not talking about physical darkness. I'm talking about spiritual darkness. And this spiritual darkness leads people to experience feelings of hopelessness and discouragement. And listen, you know there's something inside of every human being when they feel all those feelings, 
There's a feeling inside every human being that longs. It longs to be saved from all those feelings. And you know when, they be, when the human soul experiences that? Oftentimes, it's not on Christmas Eve night. It's not when the party's going. It's not when the food is, is, is going. It's not when all the, the music is playing. It's not on Christmas morning when you're opening gifts and everyone's happy and things are happening. You know when the human uh, soul starts to feel that most? It's after the party's done. It's after all the commotion and all the things have taken place and reality sets back in and you're sitting there by yourself and you realize, wow, I'm ex these feelings came back even though we went through the Christmas season. And perhaps you may be sitting here today for the first time. Maybe someone brought you here today. And you're saying, you know, Omar, I don't need to wait until Christ after Christmas because I'm feeling that right now. You know, as I walked into church, I see everybody with so much joy and with so much happiness and all these different things. But honestly, Omar, if, if I could pull the facade out of me, listen, I'm not happy. I'm not joyful. I don't have peace. I'm discouraged. And there's something inside of me that longs to be saved from all this. So, Omar, is there anybody that can save me, that can change my life? Well, folks, we're going to find out today from Matthew chapter 1 as we die into the, birth, into the story of the birth of Christ. Amen? Amen. And so if you have a Bible, let's turn to uh, Matthew chapter 1. And today, folks, I have two important thoughts for us about what we need to know on this Christmas Eve. Christ Fellowship at all campuses, are you ready to dive into God's Word? Come on, let me hear you. Yeah. It's a great day to study God's Word. So write this down as point number one. Here we go. The first thing we need to remember on this Christmas Eve is that humanity's greatest need is to be saved. Amen. In fact, listen to what it says in Matthew chapter 1. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved her to, this, to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, and she will bear a son, and you shall call his name what? Jesus, and notice, for he will what? Save. For he will save his people. Now stop right there for just a moment and slip into the scene. Because Joseph, who at this juncture, he's probably late teenage years, maybe early, mid-twenties, he is about to formally get married to his wife, the, the, the girl of his dreams, and he realizes that now she is with child and is not his. And so Joseph, being a godly man, he's thinking, you know what? I'm not going to put her to shame. I'm not going to expose her publicly. So he starts thinking, how can, I, how can I divorce her, you know, break this relationship so that she's not shamed and I could just move on with my life because I got a life to live. And so as he goes to bed and he's processing all of this, the angel 
appeared to Joseph and told him, listen, that child that, that you're concerned about is not from an adulterous relationship. This child is actually from God himself. And when he is born, you shall call this little baby boy Jesus in the Hebrew, Yeshua, which means God saves. That's the meaning of the, of the name Jesus. It means God saves. Why? Because he will be the savior of his people. And so don't miss this, right? Because the name Jesus means God saves. And so back in that day, whenever they would utter the name Jesus, what people would hear in a sense was not Jesus. What they would hear the, the phrase God saves. So think about this. When Mary would call Jesus from, in the, from the playground, she would say, that people would hear, hey, God saves, come inside. It's time to come inside and get cleaned up. Hey, God saves, I made dinner, come and eat dinner. Hey, hey, God saves, it's time to get ready to go to school in the morning, right? And so even from birth, his name means God saves. And so listen, just like that little boy in Romania, who was in that dark pit for 11 hours needing to be saved. Humanity in a similar way. Listen, we have been longing to be saved for not for 11 hours, but humanity had been, long, been longing to be saved for thousands of years. In fact, if you look at all the genealogy in scripture and all the history and all the dates, we find that from, the, from Adam to the birth of Christ, there was 3,974 years, six months, and 10 days. Which means that from creation of the world, there were 4,000 years that humanity was in a state of darkness. And folks, here is, and it was needed to be saved. And folks, here's what humanity needed to be saved from. Write this down as letter A. First of all, it was saved from the darkness of sin. In fact, listen carefully to what the angel told Joseph that night. The angel said, she will bear a son, and you, Joseph, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their what? Sins. From their sins. And folks, do not miss the significance of what Joseph said, of what the angel told Joseph. Because he said, Joseph, that little baby boy in Mary's womb that you think is a result of sin, that little baby boy is going to be the one that saves you from your sin. And you know, during Christmas time, and maybe you're experiencing this right now a little bit, right? We can get so focused on everything going on, right? What are we going to wear for Christmas Eve? What are the kids going to wear? Are all the presents? Is the food ready? Is it going to be running time? All these crazy things that we worry about, that people worry about. That years back, the phrase, there was a phrase coined, right? That's, that says, Jesus is the reason for the what? For the, season. for the season, right? And we all say that, and people say that, you know, and it's a, it's, it's a great saying. But, you know, as, as, as I was looking at this passage... I want to maybe submit to us a more accurate slogan than Jesus is the reason for the season. May I suggest the slogan, not Jesus is the reason for the season, but maybe perhaps your sin is the reason wow. for the season. Wow. Come on now, Pastor. now, 
If you want to be really godly, I want to challenge you next year in your next year's Christmas cards. You know, when you take your nice picture and you put Merry Christmas and you get your perfect family picture, how about in the bottom you put, hey, your sin is the reason for the season, right? You know, I, 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 I'm just messing, right? But, but we chuckle. But folks, isn't that the truth? That's the ultimate truth. Because the reason that Jesus had to come down was because of your sin and my sin. And some of us may be sitting here right now thinking, oh, oh my, I, don't need be, I don't need to be saved from sin. I'm good. Don't worry about it. But listen to what God's word says, if that's what you're thinking. God's word says, if we say we have no sin, we what? We deceive. We deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. In other words, God's word says that for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Regardless of how good and moral you think you are, all of us, including myself, we've all sinned before God. And so even though you intellectually may deny that you are sinful, you know when you start thinking about your life practically, you can deny it. Because the truth of the matter is that if you start thinking for just a moment in your life, at every season in your life that you have been discouraged, that your heart has been broken, that you have experienced sorrow, that you have cried tears. Listen, every time that that has happened throughout your entire life, you know what the common denominator is? It's sin. Either you have sinned or someone else has sinned. And so when you start looking at your life and the sorrow you've been through, the trials you've been through, the disappointments, listen, all of it ultimately is connected to what God has declared to be sin. And you know what the more, even more significant part about sin is? It's not even the sorrow that we experienced. But listen, it's the separation that it causes between us and God. In fact, God's word says, in Isaiah, it says, but your iniquities, your sins, have made a separation between you and your God, between you and your creator. And your sins have hidden his face so that you, so that you from you, so that he does not hear. You know, if it's your first time here, and maybe you're not opposed to the thought of God, but you feel distant from God. There's really no connection to you. There's, there's no relationship. You know why you feel distant from God? Because of sin. Our sin, your sin, separates you from God. And folks, not only does it lead us to a life separated from God and an eternity separated from God, here's what also we need to be saved from. Write this down, letter B. We also need to be saved from the darkness of error. You know, it's interesting that the song that we just sang, Oh Holy Night, goes like this. He goes, Oh Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in what? Sin and what? An error pining. You see, family, here's the truth that the prideful human heart does not want to hear. And that is that apart from Christ, humanity is in a state of error devoid of truth. How can that be? 
Well, think about it. If Christ is, in fact, the creator of all things, right? Scripture tells us that before the foundation of the earth, God, Jesus himself, was the one who spoke the world into existence. He himself created the world. He designed the world. And even to this day, right now, at this very moment, Scripture tells us that it is, all things are sustained by the word of his power. And so listen, if he is the creator then listen carefully, he alone defines truth. He alone is ultimate reality. There is no truth apart from the creator. And so therefore, apart from Christ, people can never truly understand the meaning and the purpose of their life. The meaning and purpose of why they get married. The meaning and purpose of why God gives them children. The meaning and purpose of why God gives them a career and entrusts them with money and all these different things. Listen, they go on living not really knowing the true meaning, the true purpose of their lives. And as a result, it leads people to live erratic lives counter to the good plan, design, and purpose of God. And listen... If you ever wonder why is our world getting so strange? In fact, it feels like in the last decade you turn on the news and you go on social media and things are straight up just weird, aren't they? I mean, things are getting stranger and stranger and stranger and stranger. Folks, this should not be a surprise to us because the reason that things are getting even stranger and stranger and more odd is because people are devoid of truth and they're walking in darkness and guess what them claiming to be wise they're becoming even more and more and more foolish why they're devoid of truth and you know what happens when people mess up their life because of sin and so their families their relationships their friendships all these different things once they start Coming apart, why? Because of sin, guess what? When people try to rebuild their marriages, rebuild their homes, rebuild their friendships, rebuild their relationships, guess what? How foolish it is for us to think that we can rebuild things in our lives without truth. And so what happens is people start trying to rebuild things apart from truth, and guess what? It makes things even worse, doesn't it? Why? How can you rebuild if you don't have truth? And so the reality is when you look at the state of humanity, when you look at the pain, the suffering, everything we're going through, listen, just like the little boy in that, in, that, in that well that needed to be saved, listen, we long to be saved as well. This is why the song that we just sang says, long lay the world in sin and error, what? Pining. Pining. What in the world is pining? The world pining the word pining is just simply an old English word that means to be in a state of yearning and longing. And so as the world laid in, as the world laid in a state of sin and error, pining to be saved, here's the great news of Christmas. Write this down as big number two. Christmas is that holy night. Christmas is that holy moment in redemptive history where God came to us. Amen? In fact, listen to what happens in the Gospel of Luke. It says, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. 
This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, north of, in the northern part of Israel, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called what? Bethlehem. Bethlehem. To be because he was in the, of the house and the lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. Family, have you ever wondered what an amazing thing it is that God had ordained that his son, the savior of the world, will be born in a small, insignificant town of Bethlehem? Have you thought about that? In fact, God had declared from of old, listen carefully, but you, O Bethlehem, who are too little, too insignificant to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth from me one who is to be the ruler in Israel, whose coming forth, notice, is from of old, from ancient of days. Now, folks, think about this. God could have easily told Joseph, hey, with no one looking around, just take Mary to Bethlehem to fulfill this, prom this, this promise. He could have easily done that. But God chose a different way. You see, one day, appointed by God, God's sovereign hand moved in the mind of a evil Roman emperor. And one day he woke up and said, you know what, I want to take a census. And so he makes a big declaration throughout the entire Roman Empire that people need to then travel to their place of origin. And folks, this sent millions and millions and millions of people to have to move and travel to their original place of origin. And folks, listen, in the middle of all that chaos, in the middle of those millions of people moving around, all this was in order to bring a small, seemingly insignificant couple from, from Nazareth to Bethlehem all for the good of his people. Now folks, why would God do it this way? Listen, it's to remind his people always that nothing is out of the control of God himself and he can even move the mind of even the greatest rulers of this world, the great rulers of this world, simply for the good of his little flock. And so when you are ever wondering, listen, does God have power over things? Listen, God's word reminds us that whatever is happening in this world, everything is happening for the good of his people. Can you praise God today for that? And then folks, listen to what happens next once they get to Bethlehem. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. That moment ordained by God even before the foundations of the earth. And at that moment, she gave birth to her firstborn son. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Why? Which means God with us. Everyone say, God with us. God with us. One more time, God with us. God with us. Listen carefully. What makes Christianity and Christmas so utterly unique against every other false religion in this world 
is that our God came to us. When God saw your state, when God saw your sin, when God saw all of our shame, when God saw the error of your ways, when God saw your sorrow, when God saw your discouragement, when God saw those tears going down the side of your face, listen carefully, our God came to us. You see, when Allah stayed above the so-called seven heavens, our God came to us. Listen, when Buddha stayed in the state of, um, of nirvana, our God came to us. When Confucius stayed in the state of immortality, our God came to us. This is our God. Can we praise God today for that? <laughs> fully man, fully God, our God came to us. In fact, and folks, the fact that God came to us not only shows his love for you, but how much you are worth to him. This is why the song says, long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appears and the soul felt its what? Its worth. So if someone brought you here today and you feel you're not worth anything because of what you've done, listen carefully. God, by sending his son, knowing what you have done, reveals to you not only the fact that he loves you, but that you're worth something to him. And you see, when the, the moment the creator stepped into his own creation, the promise of God through the prophet Isaiah came to pass that said, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. And those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. And folks, here's the light that the prophet spoke about. Write this down as letter A. First of all, Jesus came with the light of forgiveness. In fact, God's word says that Jesus would come to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the what, church family? What is that, all campuses? In the forgiveness of their sins, to give light to those who sit in darkness in the shadow of death. Listen, do you realize that for 4,000 years before Christ came, forgiveness was not possible. It was not possible. Yes, maybe their sacrifices that they would do would temporary, you know, appease God, but full, complete forgiveness of sin was not possible. But he came to give us the knowledge of salvation in the forgiveness of sin. And listen, if you're here right now, and again, someone brought you here with you for the first time, and you are not even enjoying the Christmas season because of something that you've done in the past, because of something that you did to your spouse, something you did to your children, something you did to your parents, something you did to a person in your life, and you are carrying a sh shame, honestly, because of what you've done in the past, that every day, you're reminded of what you've done and the consequences of that. Listen carefully. And you think that you can never be forgiven of that? Listen carefully. Christmas is the moment that you are reminded that through the life, death, and resurrection of Christ, you can obtain forgiveness of that, those things that you are so ashamed of. Can I get an amen to that? 
And listen, if you're here and you are already a child of God, you're a believer in Christ, you've been coming to church for a long time, you have a relationship with God, but you walked in through those doors today and something's going on in your life right now. Marriage issue, financial issue, business issue, health issue, and these issues are robbing the joy of Christmas for you to the point that you can't even be joyful this Christmas. If you're a child of God and you're in this state, you have forgotten the truth of the gospel. Because remember that when the angel came to Joseph, he did not say, you shall name his name Jesus, for he will save his people from family struggles. He didn't come to say, he didn't say that. He didn't say, for he will save his, his people from financial troubles, or he will save his people from health issues. Listen, God is very well aware of those things in your life, and he is committed to sustaining you and guiding you through that season in your life, amen? However, there was a reason he came, because the angel said, for he will save his people from their sins. Listen, if you are missing joy this Christmas and you are a child of God, remind yourself today, this Christmas Eve, that even though you may be having issues in your life, yeah, you may be having an issue financially. There might be this issue that you're trying to resolve. There might be this health issue that you're trying to battle. Listen, be that as it may, all those things are temporary. They're temporary. But the only thing, the only eternal problem that you've ever had is the sin in your life. And Christ already came. He already died. And because of that, listen, now... Because of your relationship with God, you don't need to worry. You have God with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. And he will be with you every single step of the way for the rest of your life. Find joy in that this Christmas. Amen. Let's praise God today for that. And the second thing that Jesus came to do with his light, write this down as letter B, is that Jesus came with the light of truth. You know, later on, Jesus would grow up and he would stand before a Roman official by the name of Pilate. And Pilate would look into the eyes of the Lord and he would pose a question, what is truth? And folks, isn't that the question that's out in society today? What is truth? You know, there's a push in society for relativism. What's true for me may not be true for you, but what's true for you may not be true for me. And so there is a push by the enemy of relativism so that there's no clear truth, but listen to how Jesus looked into the eyes of Pilate, into his soul, and said this, for this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the what? Truth. truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. And so listen, child of God, if you're here and you have a desire to, listen, get your life on track, if you want to live the, the life that God has envisioned for you, if you want to rebuild your marriage, if you want to fix the relationship with the children, if you want to see the, live the life really that God has for you, then listen, if you are in Christ, he's revealed truth to you. 
So therefore, put your pride aside. Start following the one who said, I am the way, I am, I am the life, and I am the truth. No one comes to the Father except through me. Because listen, Christmas is a reminder that you're no longer walking in error. God has revealed his truth to you, so therefore walk in that truth. Can I get an amen to that? And so let me end with this. You know, Christmas, if you think about it, is ultimately a moment in redemptive history where God the Father looked into the eyes of his son and they both agreed that the only way to save us from our sin, from the darkness of, we were we, of, of, of our darkness of sin, is for the son to voluntarily go down into this deep darkness with his light to save us from our sin. You know, going back to the opening story, at that 11th hour, there was a moment where really the entire town had already given up and in their mind, they were already settling that this boy was far too gone. There was no way to be able to save this little boy until there was a father and a son who emerged from the crowd and they knew that there was one way that that little boy could be saved. See, the only way is for that son to go down inside of that tight space into that darkness with his light and be able to pull this little boy from darkness. In fact, in a few moments, you're going to see that right before he goes in, the father, in a sense, looks into the eyes of his son and reminds him that he will be with him every step of the way as he would go down. And so what that little boy needed deep down in that darkness was a hero to come and save him from that predicament. In fact, take a look at what happens. Folks, what an image of what Christmas is all about. That when we were lost in our sin, 
when we were in the darkness of our air. The father looked into the eyes of his son and said, go down and save them. And he came down and rescued us from our condition. That is what Christmas is all about. And so you may be here right now. You may think, you know, Omar, listen, I'm here just visiting. I'm maybe just started recently coming and there's something in me, Omar, I'm, I'm tired. I realize that I'm in a state of darkness myself. I feel like I'm far from God. I, I don't know much about anything, but I know that I need God in my life. So you're probably wondering, Omar, how, how can I be saved from this? How can I start a relationship with God? It was very simple. The Bible says in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave, that he sent his one and only Son, so that those who would believe in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. You know, when that son went down, there had to be a moment where that little boy looked up. And even though maybe he had never seen him before, he had to reach up and trust him and hold on to him to be saved. In the same way, listen, if you're wondering how can I be saved? How can I know God? It's very simple. Listen, it's not about sitting in a church service. It's not about a ritual that you did when you were an infant that does not save you. It's not about the traditions that you do as you grow older that does not save you. It's not about how religious you look from the outside or how moral you may think you are or the facade that you put over. Listen carefully. You can do all those things and you'll never truly know God. Because the only way to be saved from sin, the only way to be reconciled to God and have a relationship with God is very simple. The Bible says it is only by faith and faith alone. And the Bible says that the moment you put your faith and trust in what Jesus has done for you, you surrender. In his, you put your trust in him of what he did for you, his life, death, and resurrection. The moment you transfer your trust from the things of this world to Christ and what he has done for you. The Bible says that, first of all, he forgives you of all of your sin. Everything you walked in here today at one of our campuses, everything you brought and you were ashamed of, he knew about it and he already forgives you. He forgives you. And then he does something so amazing. He brings you close. He makes you his son. He makes you his daughter. You become a child of God. You start a relationship with God. And from that moment on, listen, you start living life with God. And now he gives you his truth so that you can live the life that God wants for you. But there has to be a moment that you surrender. There has to be a moment that you put your trust and faith in the Lord. The question is, will you do so on this Christmas Eve? Let's bow our head for prayer. Father, Lord, we, for those of us who are your children already, that we have already put our faith in you, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for rescuing us from our sin and rescuing us from our error. Thank you, Lord. And with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, I want to speak to some of us here today who you know it's time to get right with God. For far too long, 
you've been living this life that you know you don't really know God. You don't really have a relationship with God. And you say, you know what? I'm tired. I need God in my life. How do I do it? Well, it's very simple. It's by putting your faith in Christ. And so if that's you, listen, I'm going to lead you in a few moments. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. We're just going to talk to God. You're going to talk to God yourself. But before I do that, you know, there's, for those of us who he says, you know what? I'm ready. I'm ready to take that step of faith and give my life to Christ. Listen, in a few moments, I'm just going to, with all heads bowed and all eyes closed at all of our campuses, in a few moments, I'm just going to ask you, with no one looking around, just slip up your hand as a sign of affirmation to yourself that, yes, today's the day that I'm starting my walk with God. Many hands have gone up in the last two services. I know there's people here today that are ready to take that step. And so all, with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, a private moment, if you feel, you know what, I'm ready. I'm ready to start a relationship with God today. With no one looking around, eyes closed. If that's you, you slip up your hand at all campuses. You know what to say? Yes, I'm ready. Anybody? I see you in the front. Anybody else? I see, who else? I see you in the right. Anybody else at all campuses? I see you right here in the front. Anybody else? Says Omar, man, I'm ready. I see you in the balcony. Anybody else? I see you as well. Anybody else? I see you, ma'am. Anybody else? Says Omar, I'm ready. Amen. And so you can put your hands down at all campuses. So if that's you, listen, I'm going to lead you through a prayer. And the prayer that I'm going to lead you through, listen, it's not the words that save you. Please understand this. It is the faith behind that prayer. And so when you pray, you don't pray this to me. I'm only a man. I cannot save you. I'm a sinner just like you are, needing to be saved. But you pray to the God who loves you and gave his son on that cross for you. So you pray to him, quietly to yourself. Lord, today I realize how far I am from you and that I need to be saved. So I confess all of my sin before you. And I ask you for forgiveness of sin. Today, I put my trust in you, O Lord. No longer in the things of this world, but on you. Save me today, O God. And for the rest of my life, help me to live a life of truth, O Lord, until I see you face to face. Thank you, Lord. It's in the precious name of Jesus I pray, and all of God's people say, Amen. Hey, can you encourage all those at all campuses to pray that prayer? Amen. Listen, if you pray that prayer at one of our campuses, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. On the way out, there's a next step booth. Stop by there. We're going to give you a brand new free leather Bible to put in your hand so you can now start reading God's Word. And it's only going to take about a minute or so, but folks, it will, t it will be, make such a difference. So if you felt like you today, you're starting, stop by the next step booth. That way we can connect with you and one of our pastors will be able to follow up with you in the next few days and help you get started in your new walk, new walk with Christ. It takes a few moments that will make a huge impact in your new walk with the Lord, all right? If you're watching online, go to cfmiami.org slash connect. There you can fill out that form and we'll follow up with you as well. Well, church family, listen, there's no better way to end today, Christmas Eve, than to sing that song, O Holy Night, once again. So go ahead and stand up with me at all campuses, and let's worship our God one more time, and then we'll be dismissed.